Hello, podcast world. Uh, welcome back to our crossover across time podcast. Uh, the Monday episode. Again, this is going to be a week, uh, every day of the weekday podcast, Monday through Friday. Today, uh, I am joined by my good friend, Wyatt. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you, Karsten? I am doing well. Yeah, I'm Karsten. Sorry, I forgot to say that. Um, yeah, so firstly, apologize for missing uh, Thursday and Friday of last week. Uh, after that first podcast, our, uh, well, my schedule in particular got a little busier than I thought it would. But we're back today. We're we're going to get on a good schedule. Again, it will be a different uh, co-host every day. Mondays, we're going to plan on Wyatt joining us. Uh, Wyatt, we've known each other for quite a long time, right? That's right. <laughs> Man, a few words. All right, here we go. <laughs> since high school. Yeah, since high well, school. Actually, a lot longer than that. Elementary school, really. Yeah, yeah. We, we grew up in the same uh, same area, different town, but uh, we've known each other since, you know, grade school. And so it's always Started good. Playing, yeah, we played <laughs> basketball together starting in what, sixth or seventh grade? Yeah, sixth or seventh. I, <laughs> I remember uh, there was a time where we didn't get along or I, I <laughs> wasn't a fan of you because like you got more playing time than I did, but it's like you were better. So <laughs> kind of made sense. <laughs> no, all right. We're we're all good now. We're good friends. Okay. So <laughs> okay. We're gonna go ahead and jump into it. Um we're if you let's see, last time I think our podcast, the first episode, went about an hour fifteen, and that was about a half hour longer than I had planned. So I'm I've got a timer here. Hopefully we're gonna keep it within a good time range for both of us um but we'll see how that goes so let's get started we're going to start with game summaries um and we've missed a little bit more time like i said than i thought we would so we'll just touch on a few games i have about eight games that we can briefly uh talk about and i'll kind of you know go through and if wyatt has any comments he wants to add on these he will go ahead and do that so we'll start with Thursday last week. Uh, Bucks Sixers was uh, well. There were two marquee games. Um, the other being Clippers Lakers. We don't need to talk about that. We'll talk about the Lakers in a little bit. Uh, Bucks Sixers. Looking at it, looks like it was maybe not the most exciting uh, scoring game. I mean, Harden had a decent scoring game, thirty-one, not great efficiency. Um, maybe a little bit more of a scrappy game. Bucks come out with a win there. Um, have you talked about Giannis before? Like, is he one of your favorite players or like a player you like watching? I do. I do like watching Giannis. He's one of my uh, favorite players in the league right now, I would say, or at least one of the ones that I, I like his personality a lot. And I also think he's one of the most uh, talented players in the game right now. So yeah, he's a, sure. definitely a player of interest for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, and for all of us, certainly. And I, I like what you said about his personality. I think that's a big thing that will help this team, you know, have that sustainability is he's, he just seems like a likable personality and a fun teammate, you know, along Absolutely. with, along with his ability. So, yeah, so that's great, great. He's a great leader without being the, uh, the traditional in your face, you know, barking at you for everything you do wrong type leader i would say he, yeah. seems, he seems more like a friend absolutely yeah i mean because i mean that was whole jordan's whole thing right he was right. you know he terrified his teammates into playing well <laughs> exactly. which is one way of doing it but 
I would I would argue it's not the best way to do it. <laughs> well, it's hard to argue with the results, but you, yeah. could say, you could certainly say not the only way, right? Right. And uh, and I think that's a great point. You know, he's fun to play with, but then he brings it on the floor, um, and he still plays with passion. I mean, you see, you saw in the finals, you know, some of the, those plays he made. Um, you know, pretty solid game from him. Twenty-one points, thirteen boards, uh, three blocks, one steal. I mean, he just did everything that you expect him to do, uh, played the team game as well, eight assists. And of course, you know, they've got, I think their depth is pretty underrated. You saw some of their off season additions, right? Uh, I can't say I'm up to date on, on that. No. Okay. So there, there weren't too many um, major additions. They have basically their same core. Um I think they had a Baca at the end of the year last year, maybe a, a trade acquisition. If not, he was a off-season signing. They did also sign Ingles, our boy Ingles. Again, we're, right. we're both kind of jazz fans here. Um, but otherwise, I think their depth is solid. Um, of course, you've got Portis coming off the bench. He does, you know, he's got some good versatility. Um, so that's that first game. You know, Bucks beat the Sixers closer than you might expect, uh, especially with how the Sixers have played as of late, but still right. a good game. I uh, think too they're both very good teams. You know, they both have a lot of potential. Yeah. The, you know, the Sixers have some stars, and then the Bucks, of course, have Giannis, but then also phenomenal role players, like people yeah. that haven't traditionally been stars, but really fit the fit their role well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they've been great there, and. And like you said, Sixers may be a little bit driven by uh, the two stars they have. Or you could throw Tobias Harris in there. He's not a star, but I, I, he's a star in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a great role player. Okay, going to Friday, there's a few games we can talk about here. Um, one I'll just mention briefly, Wizards beat the Bulls. They had a game winner from uh, Bradley Beal, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, Wizards again starting off maybe a little better than you might expect they seem to do that last year we'll see if that holds up we won't have to talk about that game too much we'll go we'll jump straight to to another game of note we can talk a little more about this one Celtics beat the Heat uh, 111 to 104 that was in Miami and uh, Jalen Brown Jason Tatum their second game of the season they combined again for a high point total um so uh any comments on that the brown tatum tandem and how that's been early in the season uh i mean you can't argue with their record a, a record this early in the season isn't uh crazy determining of how a team is going to do mm-hmm. you know as i mean we'll talk about the jazz in a minute but you know, you can't argue with their appearance in the finals last year. The Celtics are a solid team, and that's a, a very strong duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like them both, too. I think they're similar to uh, Giannis in the sense that they're they're good leaders. They I, I wouldn't say either of them are as talented individually as Giannis are, but I think they have this a similar uh, amiable personality mm-hmm. uh, and good leadership characteristics. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, um, you know, but Tatum's moving up there as far as the, you know, skill level. You know, he's, yeah. maybe, he's maybe a little more skilled, but not as great. Athletic. As yeah. yeah, or or athletic. Not, not the sheer uh, the sheer dominant uh, yeah. physical physicality that Giannis has. Right, yeah. 
So definitely, but I think that's a fair comparison. And, you know, I, I had some question marks and that's something I'll talk about a little more with my power rankings. I had some question marks with the Celtics, um, but they're definitely uh, early on proving, proving some of those wrong. And again, we'll get more into that. Um, the heat, this is something we'll also talk about with power rankings. Heat had, had some solid performances from their uh, players. You know, Butler had his his usual stat line, not always the highest scoring, but, you know, played a little all-around type game. Uh, Caleb Martin uh, did not do too well, and I think he uh, might have been ejected from that game. That's another thing we'll talk about with the key news. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on to, uh, let's see, what was the next game? We had Nuggets-Warriors. I actually caught uh, a little bit of this live when it happened uh nuggets are actually able, were actually able to beat the warriors in san francisco um Jokic, huge stat line 26 points 12 rebounds 10 assists um Jokic doing his thing of course the two-time mvp that's maybe an interesting conversation um i if there has been i couldn't play the last time it happened a three-time mvp do you think that voters get fatigued with you know a back-to-back mvp you think they'll just by default want to pick someone else this year or can Jokic maybe keep himself in that conversation Uh, i think that's definitely an an element that uh you see just in psychology that i i would not be surprised if voters are looking to vote somewhere else Mm -hmm. uh, just for sake of a change but i also think that Jokic is one of those guys that you know he's not pompous he's not like he he doesn't seem to be uh real in your face about being great mm. he he does his job and he does it extremely well mm. and then you can't argue with the stats that he puts up all the time so i think i think that there's a very real chance that he will get a third mvp this year yeah despite well, despite the desire to vote maybe a new person in yeah, the voter fatigue. Well, and at the very least, you should probably be in that conversation. Right. Um, and that's something else we'll talk about. We have our, uh, we're going to do a weekly MVP. We'll we'll talk more on that in a second. And he would certainly be in, of course, a season MVP discussion. He's, he's going to be right there. Um, Warriors, looking at their stats, looks like um, they played solid. Curry was was pretty good, but maybe the team as a whole wasn't quite as sharp as they have been in the past. Um, but you know, that's just kind of even the best teams maybe have their off nights. So, uh, yeah. And with... maybe you've talked about this previously, but do you think the Draymond pool, you know, conflict is, is really settled and over, or do you think that there's still some tension, like tension between teammates going you know, on in the Warriors? Yeah. You know, that's a great question. And, uh, we, we touched on it briefly in our, our first episode, but we can, you know, with this this game, that's maybe a new, fresh uh, perspective on maybe there are some lingering issues, you know. And we'll, of course, get a better idea as the season goes on, uh, whether that's the case. You know, I, it kind of reminds me of uh, a few years ago, the 20, what was it, 2018, 2019 season when you had uh, KD in his last season in Golden State. Of course, Draymond, those two had their uh, kind of beef that happened. And, right. you know as the season went on, we didn't always see, um, you know, like things getting worse, like progressively worse 
visually as far as events on the court, but it seems like after the fact, we've heard some things maybe that that relationship had gone, you know, taken a turn for the worse. So I think there's a, a definitely a real possibility that that's playing a background role. Again, it will, with time, we'll probably have a better idea, but I think that's a great point to bring up when talking about that team. Um, so something to keep our eyes on as we uh, go on. Uh, and then finally, our last game from the Friday slate, uh, double checking my time, making sure we're doing good on time. Our Friday slate of games, we had Trailblazers at Phoenix, and the Trailblazers were actually able to win that game. Let me get that score pulled up, 111 to 113. Um, sorry, I think the game was actually in Portland, my mistake. Um, and interestingly enough, Phoenix had some solid scoring games, uh, both percentage and total points with Aiton and Booker. Booker had 33, DeAndre Aiton had 26. Uh, but of course, Portland, Damian Lillard had 41 points. Uh, Nurkic added 20 with 17 rebounds. Uh, Simons had 16. And it seems like maybe they just couldn't overcome you know, enough of Damian Lillard to be able to win that game. And of course, being in Portland might have had a factor. Um, right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there like a 20 point lead at, at one point during this game? Um, is there, there might have been. Let's uh, see if I can double check that play by play might show us. I know that Phoenix, have, I think it was before this game or maybe the game after Phoenix had a come from behind victory of their own. But I can okay. double check. That might be the one I'm I'm thinking about. Um looks like Phoenix did lead uh early. Um let's see, because this game did go to overtime, so it's certainly possible. But looking at play by play, it looks like for the most part the game was fairly close throughout. Um yeah, so maybe just thinking of that other game, but okay. Um but yeah, close game. Uh, Portland able to come out on top. Again, I'll talk about them a little bit with power rankings. Um, so that was the four games from Friday. We had a bigger Friday slate. Uh, real quick, going to Saturday's games. Saturday, there's only one. Well, there's we can talk about multiple games, but Saturday we'll just hit on uh, which game was that. Let me... I'm ultra prepared here. It was <laughs> Mavericks Grizzlies. That was the one. Mavericks uh, trounced the Grizzlies one thirty seven to ninety six uh, this past Saturday. Looking at that, uh, the stats there. John Morant had maybe a weaker game. The rest of the team uh, wasn't ultra sharp, and the Mavericks had a great duo: Doncic and Christian Wood. Uh, of course, Christian Wood arriving in that trade in the offseason with Houston. Uh, right. Wood coming off the bench right now, I think that's kind of an interesting choice. Uh, you got to think that at some point he joins that starting lineup, right? I would expect it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially he's, he's sort of, I mean, he's not as great of a shooter as Porzingis, but he does have some stretchability and he's definitely a little more physical right. and uh, more consistent as far as his health. He also was 12 of 14 from the free throw line. So that's a very interesting uh, wrinkle. 
Any comments on uh, Mavericks and Grizzlies before we move on to last night's games? Uh, nope, not right now. Okay, perfect. Um, haven't been asking that enough, so <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> That's good. hopefully I haven't skipped over any uh, comments from the other games. Finally, Sunday, so this these are more recent games. Uh, we'll talk about another Blazers game just very briefly and our first Lakers game of these game summaries. The uh, Trailblazers eke out a win against the Lakers. There was maybe some end game um, game management questions with the Lakers. Lillard again drops 41. Nurkic with 13 boards doing his thing. Josh Hart had 16 rebounds. That's pretty amazing that, for Josh Hart. Yeah, that is impressive. <laughs> and then Lakers uh, weren't, they didn't have terrible performances of course westbrook's percentages you know yeah kind of a a broken record but 415 from the floor 26 percent oh of three from three-point range um you know i i feel bad beating that dead horse but you know it kind of asks for it sometimes yeah it's at some point (laughs) you would think that they'd change their plan there with what what are they wanting him to do Exactly. You would think. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we can talk about that a little bit more. And finally, uh, we, we've held off on talking about this, but we'll segue into this with our, we'll talk about the game and then segue that into our, our key news. But the, uh, the Jazz, the Utah Jazz, beat the Pelicans in overtime, yeah. 122 to 121. Uh, and that put them to 3-0 and on the season. Um, which even I, as a jazz fan, would not have expected that to happen. Absolutely uh, not. This is supposed <laughs> to be their rebuilding uh, season, trading away all their stars. And, you know, we uh, obtained a new coach and, mm. you know, who knows what factors are playing in right now, but we are off to a strong start. We are definitely off to a strong start. Looking at the stats, Markinen, the finisher, uh, 31 points, 12 rebounds, two steals, a block, uh, you know, just doing some great things out there. Olenek, I believe he had the game ceiling shot. Uh, it was kind of a weird layup inside 20 points, three rebounds, five assists, uh, Clarkson, 18 points. He's been starting for them instead of that reserve role and Sexton's coming off the bench. Uh, he had a nasty block on, uh, Zion. Clarkson did? Yeah, that led to that injury. Oh, was that the right. injury play? Correct, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and we'll talk we'll touch on that in just a second. But uh and then Walker Kessler, two blocks. I think he's averaging two or three blocks a game right now. He's been doing solid in that uh reserve center role. Um comments about the jazz, of course, it seems sounds like you caught highlights or at least some of the game. Yeah, I, I did see some highlights of it that game. Uh, so, you know, you're a jazz fan too, and you know, this is another one of those broken records of the jazz are a phenomenal team in the regular season. Mm-hmm. It's been over and over the past few years. It seems like we're among the top teams in the West and mm-hmm. then we get in the playoffs and it's, uh, embarrassing to be a jazz fan. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't actually expect this year to go like that. We are off to a strong oh, yeah. start, but but I don't expect it to last. I don't think we're going to be one of the contending teams, or like 
not even close yeah uh, by the end of the season but it is fun to watch and i think it gives jazz fans you know at least a little bit of pride that our <laughs> random hodgepodge of rookies and not great veterans are you know doing something <laughs> at the start of the season yeah kind of like cast offs and and you know it's a you know mix of a bunch of guys who were playing for a bunch of places last year and and I think, you know, more than anything, you know, we talk about, um, you know, sometimes you do have to decide as a franchise, you need to kind of blow things up, start, start with the draft again, you know, take, take some steps backward to hopefully take bigger steps forward. But at that point, the most you can ask for as a fan is, well, at least make the team, you know, somewhat interesting to watch, make it right. exciting, you know, and that's Which, been awesome for this. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think this is, is this the second overtime win that the Jazz have had already? Uh, probably. Um, I mean, that that sounds about right. I'm not sure about the – was the Minnesota game overtime? Let me double-check that. Uh, I think so. I think that was the other one. Yeah. Yeah, that would make that would make sense to me. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, that was the – that was the Nuggets game. Friday would have been the – minnesota yeah so that one was overtime as well so that's a good point it's yeah overtime games you have some players it's more offense well i guess their defense has been uh metrics wise been pretty good but of course the offense the last few years has been the conversation point for the jazz um you have some some three-point shooting some exciting offense and and really if you're expected to not have a great team that at least makes it exciting for the fans right yes yeah absolutely they so, can still sell some tickets despite <laughs> despite not being a you know all-star laden team like yeah. some of these other teams exactly right and uh we'll kind of bridge that into uh, we've talked about it a, a bit already but of course jazz starting three and oh is an exciting point like you mentioned we don't quite expect that to sustain itself and it already hasn't they uh well, tonight's game, we're, of course, doing this Monday night. Um, they did lose to the Rockets. I'll save talking about tonight's games too much. We'll do that tomorrow on the summaries. But um, it probably won't sustain itself, but it's exciting to see. Um, on the flip side of that, we'll talk about – well, actually, no. We'll, since they played the Pelicans, uh, what was it, Saturday or Sunday? Um, yeah, Sunday, I think. I mean, it was just yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Since they played the Pelicans Sunday, we'll br- branch into that discussion. The Pelicans, of course, had some pretty major uh, injury questions. It looks right. like Brandon Ingram left the game with a uh, he's in concussion protocols. Um, so hopefully that doesn't take him out for too long. Maybe just the next couple of games. Right. And then uh, Zion as well left with a hip contusion. I believe was the injury so that might be maybe a few more games um of course that's been a big uh concern with the pelicans especially zion him coming back from a big injury um you you think these kind of injuries are concerning or just you know fueling that fire of the the over concern where maybe they wouldn't be a big issue for zion yes absolutely i think they're concerning i I don't know about you, but I didn't expect him to make it through the season without, well, I guess I should correct myself. I don't expect him to make it through the season without a, another 
significant injury. I don't consider this one being significant, you know, might miss a couple mm-hmm. games, but I expect that he'll have some other injury that keeps him out for, you know, several weeks mm-hmm. at some point because he's just, he's too big. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, He's a another one that just, it's the same cycle of, you know, you'll see him, the the man is a muscular dude and he can't help but just put on a lot of weight it's really hard for him to to keep mm-hmm. it off and he'll he'll do it for a short period of time where he stays you know a little a little more nimble but it, it doesn't last and then he gets hurt and then he's in rehab mm-hmm. and it's even harder to keep the weight off because he's you know not competing so right i don't know yeah, that's an interesting point because he did come into the season uh, slimmed down a bit, looking a little bit stronger. Um, so your concern is he's maybe a little more in the Kristaps Porzingis range than the Joel Embiid. You know, Embiid had early injury issues, but has since been fairly durable. But you think maybe he's leaning more in the sense of more consistent injuries. Yeah, I think so. I think unless unless he finds a way to change some of his mechanics on how he moves or his mm-hmm. weight and like the sheer power that he develops, his body just can't sustain it. So, right. Yeah, and that was an interesting talking point last year when he was out. Uh there was some sort of news story that came out about Pelicans, you know, it was kind of blown out of proportion from what it actually was, but some the the takeaway was teaching him how to walk <laughs> that whole thing. If you're that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some truth to it. I, you know, I'm yeah. an exercise science major. And so like, I just recently have been through biomechanics and some of these classes so that, that ex- explains some of those things. And it, it, Zion is a funny, is a funny uh, guy as far as how he moves. He just is asking for injury <laughs> to, <laughs> to occur essentially. Right. Yeah. So there's, and, and that of course makes sense. There's some truth to it, but it, it definitely doesn't sound great. That you right. To yeah. Teach, uh, teach him how to walk. Teach it, him how to walk. I that, think <laughs> I will say that is, that is blown out of proportion, you know, cause he's not going to, these injuries aren't a result of his walking, but <laughs> yeah. Right. But I think they had uh, on inside the NBA, you know, Charles had a field day with that and he was like, and Zion, this is how you walk. And he's <laughs> showing him how to walk. <laughs> so, yeah, but okay. So that's the Pelican stuff. Um, so that's kind of branching off the jazz, of course, who started three and zero. on the flip side of that, the Lakers have started zero and three and we'll try not to enjoy this too much. Um, or at least I'll try not <laughs> to enjoy it too much, <laughs> but you know, and we touched on it briefly, but it's just kind of those same concerns with uh, Westbrook and the fit, right? Right. Yeah, Westbrook is – he's not finding his spot. It doesn't seem like they're, they're a stacked team, and he is – in my opinion, he's taking too many shots, or at least he's taking too many shots that are not layups or dunks because uh-huh. where Westbrook thrives is – the man is fast. He's very fast off. Like first step is, you know, there. I don't think there are many uh, players in the league that are as quick, you know, first step mm-hmm. as Russell Westbrook is, but he's shooting so many mid range shots or, and, and three pointers. And that's just, that's not his game. He should be driving and kicking or driving and, you know, finishing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. But like, you know, and 
this is just, you know, basketball specific. I'm sure outside of it, Westbrook is, you know, a great guy. He's a nice family man, all those great things. But <laughs> we, certainly we hope so. But on the court, there's just something about the way he plays. And I don't claim to be, you know, ultra basketball guru as far as, you know, players ability and scheme, but as a casual fan watching him, there's always something about him that seems just out of control. Like yeah. he doesn't always run smoothly in an offense, you know, and especially last year and this year with the shooting, he's never been a great shooter, but he's missing shots. Like I saw a three pointer he tried in one of their recent games and he airballs it like way long. And it yeah. just, you know, even if it's, it's still just a miss, the optics of it and how that kind of feeds a team energy, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's a momentum so killer for sure. Yeah. I mean, you have, how would you feel as LeBron watching Westbrook <laughs> yeah. pull a three and miss it by like four feet, you know? Yeah. And you have to wonder what's, what's happened. Cause it's, you know, one thought that I had is, you know, maybe it's a pressure thing, you know, being mm-hmm. in LA or being with, LeBron and Anthony Davis but you wouldn't expect that given he's you know he played with KD for so many years and Mm -hmm. he's it's not like he's new to playing with a star yeah and you know he's been a he's been an all-star himself for a a long time now I don't I don't know something there's something that seems like is going on with him that just yeah absolutely it's just bizarre yeah and I mean, not only KD, but Paul George for a couple of years. You know, he had that year right. with Harden, with Bradley Beal. Yeah, one year with Harden. Yeah, I mean, he's been all over, and so you'd think they'd do a little bit better. If there's a bright spot for the Lakers, of course, it's the uh, the season-long quest for <clears throat> LeBron. He's going to be chasing down Kareem on the all-time points board. And this is, of course, uh, something we'll touch on throughout the season everyone's going to be talking about this you know right with with each passing game how close is he right now he's got about 1200 points to go um so barring injury he will most likely pass it but yeah um, any comments on that whole thing before we jump to our next news segment yeah i mean i think it's i think it's pretty much inevitable at this point that he's going to going to be passing it you know we've heard that he wants to play with his son mm. uh his rookie year so even if by some crazy happenstance you know injury injury riddled season or whatever he doesn't get it this year then we can surely expect it next year right yeah definitely that's a good point the you know the the ken griffey moment is what he's going for you know right LeBron yeah. G- senior and junior um you know, I think that would be all sorts of fun to to see that. Even if you don't like LeBron, you, you'd have to love to see both of them playing on the floor together. That would yeah. be an amazing story. Um, okay, so we have a couple small other news points to touch on before we go to our game previews. Uh, John Morant, of course, having the uh, season high for points in a game up to this point. He dropped 49 on the Rockets. Um if you're going to drop a high total, it's probably on a team like the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not a, a super team right now, but of course they're build, building with their young guys. Um, Benedict Matherin 
think that's how you say it. I'm, I'm never sure. Uh, the rookie for Indiana is off to a hot start. I believe I saw a stat that no rookie in the last uh, 20, 25 years, maybe 27 years, I think it was 95. Uh, no rookie since 95 has scored more points in their first three games. So that's wow. definitely a hot start for them. Of course, we'll maybe be paying a little closer attention to Indiana going forward. Um, Heat and Raptors have a scuffle. That's more like a news uh, type story, official release from the NBA. Heat's Caleb Martin and Nikola Jovic uh, suspended one game, uh, not to be confused with Nikola Jokic, of course. Uh, Nikola Jovic, the rookie for Miami. They're both suspended one game, and the Raptors, Christian Coloco, fined uh, after uh, an encore altercation. Uh, it kind of went into the stands. Uh, some players left the bench, so that's kind of that whole story. Hmm. Uh, so that'll impact them, you know, short term, but probably not a huge issue. Uh, finally, right. interesting comments from Adam Silver. Uh, of course, tanking has been a big conversation, especially with. Uh, how much publicity has been around the uh, the Frenchman, Victor Wembanyama. Mm -hmm. He mentioned there's been, uh, I think the word was hundreds of meetings about the issue of tanking around the league. And it was interesting, ESPN, you know, kind of clickbaited me with their headline that they've had conversations about demoting teams that tank to the G League. And he's like, huh. <laughs> and I read it and he said that, they've you know briefly discussed it but don't like the idea of it because it kind of ruins the stability of the league which i would totally agree yeah with. absolutely I think, I think that's a silly idea but yeah um, a, a repercussion of some sort surely is warranted but not a demotion <laughs> i don't think yeah well and then if you demote somebody you've got to bring up a, a g league team right and sudden, yeah. suddenly you have the oh the lakers are playing the fort wayne mad ants on <laughs> yeah. nba tv tonight you know and uh, then they're inevitably going to you know probably end up with Wembenyama anyway because they're not going to compete on the same level as the other nba teams and yeah not mention, absolutely not to mention all the loss in money that they would the nba would have because of suddenly their a city's nba team is no longer you know <laughs> one of the flagship teams that's a G league team now. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, I think that's a fair point, but it's just interesting, you know, is that tanking conversation. That's another storyline as the season goes on the, the chase for Victor Wenbanyama. So yeah, we'll of course, you know, talk about him going forward and, you know, the teams that are in that conversation for uh, being able to draft him and have him hopefully change their franchise. Right. Okay, looking to the game previews for this next week, uh, we have a few games to highlight. Uh, I've picked six games from Tuesday to Friday that I think will be uh, worth keeping an eye out for, potentially watching. Hopefully we have a nice mix of teams. I don't want to, you know, pick three different Warriors games or, you know, focus on <laughs> right. all, all the best teams. Uh, we'll start with the Warriors, though. Tuesday, Warriors are at the Suns. Of course, that's a, a marquee matchup uh, between two of the, uh, you know, hopeful top teams in the Western Conference. Of course, Curry versus Chris Paul. Right. Uh, Devin Booker leading the scoring charge for the Suns. And, you know, the Warriors doing their thing. Clay and Draymond and Andrew Wiggins, of course. So that's the game to look out for on Tuesday. 
Um, and I'll kind of circle back, ask you for any comments on these games after I run through the, the games list real quick. Okay. So Wednesday, we have the Nets playing at the Bucks. I think that is also a primetime game. Uh, of course, the Nets starting off a little bit sluggish. Uh, the Bucks starting solid, but not uh, unbeatable. Can the Nets find some momentum there in Milwaukee? We'll look to see that. Wednesday, I've also highlighted the Pacers at the Bulls, a nice divisional matchup. Of course, we mentioned the rookie, Benedict Madurin. Um, see if he can maintain that uh, scoring run that he's had to start the season. See if the Bulls can get back on track with their uh, injury issues. Of course, missing Lonzo Ball, uh, potentially for this sole season. He We knew that we, he would miss great uh, a good amount of time to start the season. Uh, see if the Bulls can find a way to, to be successful without him. Uh, jumping to Thursday, the Heat are at the Warriors. I do have a couple Warriors games, I apologize. But Heat are at the Warriors. Uh, the Heat were one Jimmy Butler jump shot away from the finals last season. So it, this is an interesting matchup of kind of what could have been and maybe this season what could be if the Heat can have a strong season. Uh, Jimmy Butler, of course, leading the charge there. Friday, the Cavs are at the Celtics. Cavaliers, of course, making the big offseason move for Donovan Mitchell, and he's had a hot start for them. Celtics starting 3-0, rather. Um, so that'll be a great Eastern Conference sort of classic matchup, Cavs-Celtics. And then Friday as well, we can't leave out the Jazz, of course, with their hot start, and us as Jazz fans, of course, want to talk about it. Of course. <laughs> the Jazz are at the Nuggets, but it will also be an interesting matchup uh, since they played, that was the first game of the season. So can the Jazz uh, recreate that same magic in their opening night win at home, uh, but do it on the road? Or will the Nuggets now that they found their footing, they have Murray and Porter back in full stride, will they be able to uh, get revenge for that opening night loss uh, or opening game loss, rather? So those are the games. Any comments on any of those uh, going forward? What kind of games are you excited about? Uh, yeah, I think you, I think you summed it up well, you know, Warriors and Suns, of course, are big, two very strong teams, Nets and Bucks. I, I enjoy watching, uh, both of those, both of those teams play, you know, Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. such a highly skilled player. And then you have kind of his, his counterpart, you know, another seven footer, uh, but you know, totally different playing style with Giannis's, uh, sheer muscle mm-hmm. and uh, athleticism. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say that that's that's kind of my uh, the the most interesting game for me. Uh, okay. Right now, you know, Jazz Nuggets, of course, that that's interesting, but I have a little bias on that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, okay. Yeah. So those are the games to to keep in mind going through this week. Of course, as NBA fans, we want to watch them all. But if you have to pick. You know, a few, those would be uh, kind of our recommendations as far as the, the strong games or the interesting games to, to go into. Um, jumping off of that, let's talk about power rankings and how the NBA looks after week one. Uh, we have our list. Um, we've both had busy schedules. I was barely able to pull together, you know, some kind of rushed power rankings myself. Wyatt wasn't able to have time, which is totally fine. So we're just going to kind of talk about what I did for my power rankings, I will, like I did last time, real quick, run through uh, 10 through 1, give some brief summaries, and then we can talk about those as well as the whole list, any uh, any moves that we've made. 
starting at number 10, jumping up 14 spots, though not quite as many spots as they did on the NBA's official power rankings, the Utah Jazz at number 10. You can't ignore a 3-0 and start. They've been analytically very uh, potent, both offensively and defensively. Uh, of course, this is just for the last week. They did lose again. We mentioned that tonight uh, to Houston. So they'll probably drop. And I didn't want to jump them too high, uh, knowing that we kind of have that expectation. But, um, you know, for what they've done here, we have to acknowledge them in some way. And 10, I think, is fairly appropriate. Just above them at 9, another 3-0 and team, Portland. Uh, they've had some strong games, uh, especially beating the Suns and, of course, beating the Lakers, a team that – you know, has that star power and people want them to kind of break out. Uh, Damian Lillard's doing it on both ends of the floor. Well, not both ends of the floor, but Damian Lillard's doing a lot of great things for this team. And uh, Portland's at number nine. I put them above the Jazz simply because long-term, I think Portland has a better chance to do more. They have a little bit better better roster. They have the star power with Lillard. So I put right. them at nine. Uh, Cleveland at eight. Of course, they have a strong roster and they've had a strong start. Mitchell is powering them. We'll look to see if he can keep up that pace. Memphis moves up to seven from 10. Uh, oh, and Cleveland had moved up about four spots as well. Uh, Memphis at seven. John Morant is doing his thing. He looks strong. The team has maybe some injury concerns. That kind of holds them back from being higher, but they do look strong. Denver moves up a couple or one spot to six. They look pretty good. They beat the Warriors. Jokic is doing his thing. Murray's getting acclimated. Look for them to be solid. Phoenix, I've dropped them a couple spots to five. Of course, they had to loss to Portland. Um, but they're still doing well. Um, there's still some question marks as far as uh, Chris Paul. You know, that's probably a conversation. He's still doing his, his assists, but maybe his scoring being down, that's a conversation. Uh, number four, the Clippers move up a couple spots. They look pretty good. Of course, Kawhi back and and Paul George. Uh, that'll be a team to look out for. Milwaukee drops a spot to three. Nothing they've done wrong. They've, they've been playing strong. Uh, but I just had to move up our number two team, Boston, and moving up from four to two. Um, I, of course, had some big question marks with this team, even though they made the finals last year. Uh, the coaching concerns, that whole Ime Yudoka situation, as well as the potential um, disruption, not quite disruption, but you bring in Brogdon as maybe your lead point or the, the conversation was that might be the case, even though Marcus Smart was your defensive player of the year and he helped lead that team to the finals. But I think they mainly had Brogdon coming off the bench and they've been a strong team. And of course, Warriors, despite the loss to go to the Nuggets, I keep them one simply because, you know, I expect them to to be a top team in the West throughout the season. Maybe they don't finish number one, but they will. We know that they're built for the postseason. So those are my top 10. Any points you want to hit on there or any other teams throughout the power rankings that we want to talk about? Um. Not right now. I think I think you summed it up well. I'm gonna get my power rankings in here soon, so I can uh, give you some of my thoughts too in the coming weeks. Right. Perfect. And that's you know we'll we'll all do our best. Again, we all have pretty busy schedules, so it's difficult to keep these up as updated as we'd like. But uh, hopefully, we can do that. And you know, the the best is when we can have you know, oh, you put this team at ten, and I put them at 
18 and you know have to defend your case i think that's kind of the fun of the power rankings but but that's a picture right now of kind of where these teams are ranking hopefully um i've got the right idea here i honestly haven't been able to watch all the games but from what i've seen this seems like you know a fairly decent snapshot of what the, the picture is looking like right now across the league um so with that we'll jump into our last kind of big segment um this is an idea i kind of decided on yesterday uh wasn't originally part of my plan for the podcast but i think it will be a fun thing to do so every monday so this will be mine and wyatt segment pretty much we are going to pick an mvp from the previous week so of course this is week one last tuesday to uh yesterday sunday an mvp for those stretch of games uh the nba does a player of the week for each conference but we will do uh an mvp across the whole league um you don't you won't be able to see it because this is only an audio podcast but we do also have a trophy that we can <laughs> give uh in recognition we don't won't give it anywhere we'll just set it you know and say hey that goes to that player but we have a trophy for the mvp uh that i got at a thrift store so that's uh you know how much value we put into this okay uh i'm gonna let you go first with your mvp pick we have the stats from the last week pulled up go ahead i i see it but tell the audience who your mvp pick is so i picked john morant for my mvp of last uh last week um you know i have a the stats here of course he's you know second in in points among the you know, the candidates of interest. He's got he's averaging thirty-four point three points a game. Uh one one kind of interesting point is he's he kind of gets a lot of personal fouls in a game, mm-hmm. you know, averaging three. But, you know, I, I like that. I think he's it's a sign that you're playing hard, you're playing aggressive. Uh and you know, he's I don't think there's anything wrong with getting a few fouls. Karsten played basketball with me, and you're aware that I, I fouled out probably more games than I didn't, so maybe that's a little bit of yeah. a personal preference there. But, uh, you know, higher on the turnovers, which is is not ideal, especially in a point guard. But, you know, the man's averaging a block a game, and, you know, that's not a ton, but as a point guard, and, you know, not a, not a big point guard either, that's pretty impressive. You know, we... I'll love to watch him dunk, though. We know how, how high his vertical is. Uh, tons of assists, seven a game, uh, three rebounds a game. John Morant is just, I've been impressed with him right from the, the start, from his rookie season as a, a great leader and a great, uh, you know, an, ambas- an ambitious player. He's not afraid to just, to just go at anyone. And, like, you know, I, I watched him try and dunk on Rudy Gobert last last season which is uh you know rudy gets a lot of hate for his lack of perimeter defense but this was not in the perimeter and uh you know that's where he's he's strong one of the best paint defenders in the league and john Morant is just is a fearless guy and mm-hmm. i have always been really impressed with him i think he's a great leader uh you know great off the court too like a a great family man and just a super yeah. hard worker and and very focused i think he i remember him not participating in the dunk contest uh yeah. fearing that it would detract from his game you know injury or or otherwise 
And I think that, you know, that just shows that he's committed to, to being great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Tony Robbins, Mr. Leadership over here. We <laughs> 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 talked about leadership. It's a fair yeah, point. Like though. four times. <laughs> no, you're good. And, uh, but no, like electric is the word I would use for John Morant. He's, he's yes. just electric and he's, you know, probably the closest thing we've seen to Derek Rose since his MVP year. That's kind mm-hmm. of the comparison I would make, but you're absolutely right. I mean, he's been, he's been phenomenal and the athleticism that he plays with, you know, is just strong. So, so that's a great pick. As far as my pick, I'm going to go with, uh, again, maybe a biased pick here since he's one of my favorite players of all time, but Damian Lillard, a lot of times gets kind of underappreciated Sometimes uh, for the fact that his team isn't always doing the best, um, sometimes for the fact that we get a little bit used to it and as far as high-scoring games or otherwise. But I'm going to go with Lillard. Of course, the, his team, the Trailblazers, starting 3-0, and um, very strong start. And like we said, they beat the Suns, um, which is a pretty good win to have, beating the Lakers, even though we have some question marks with the Lakers. 34 points, third uh, in that group on scoring. Uh, Five rebounds, four assists. He's highest on the turnover tree. Uh, Not too many fouls, but, you know, he's just so clutch. That's what I love about him, you know, and hard to guard. You know, of course, Curry's the best with the three-point shot. And, you know, it's hard to to compare a guy to Curry when he's – very kind of incomparable in that sense. But if you have to compare a guy, I'd say you compare Lillard as far as that stretch ability, the ability to off the handle, you know, just pull back to a three point line and pull so quickly and so confidently. Right. Um, You know, he's just been amazing. And he's, and like you talked about with John Morant, he's fearless, you know, he has no issue taking the shot and draining it in your face. Um, I always think about the the shot everyone knows against the Thunder in the playoffs, you know, one of the all-time great shots. But he does that, you know, every so often. And he's just so exciting to watch. Absolutely. I also kind of picked that because I, I have some doubts about Portland being able to sustain that play. So I'd like to get some early praise for Lillard um, before any potential, you know, team drop-off or anything like that. But Lillard will be my pick for this last week's MVP Right. Um, other uh, candidates to mention. Sorry, you, you want to go ahead? I was just going to say just a, a touch on, you know, someone of a similar caliber or at least previously of a similar caliber. Yeah, I don't I know you don't uh, really like him that much, but, you know, James Harden of of old, uh, uh-huh. you know, a couple of years ago on the Rockets was a very similar uh, player as far as that that clutch three pointing shooting and, you know, kind of unguardable. Yeah, you know we watched we watched teams double team him, you know, four feet behind the arc, and you know he's still taking that shot. Which you know, call it what you will, you know, intelligent shot choice or not, uh, he made a lot of them, and it was it was <laughs> courageous. But you know, I I'm interested to see if uh, he comes back a little bit this year, and if we see some more of that, you know, after a disappointing uh, season last year. Yeah, of course. And and that's something I'm sure we'll touch on more in the future with uh, Philadelphia. We didn't mention in our power rankings. I think I had them a little bit lower. They 
uh, haven't started great, but of course the season's early and I'm sure we'll have plenty of games we can talk about where, where they have some strong outings, but, but yeah, I think that's a good comparison. Uh, Harden being in that mix as well, as far as guys who have, who have been so strong as scorers, um, you know, we forget so quickly how recent, I mean, it was 2018 that Harden won the MVP and right. Yeah. The year after that, he was averaging like 35 a game. So, so absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great comparison. Other players to mention in this MVP conversation, of course, Jason Tatum uh, might've even been a stronger pick 30, nearly 35, eight boards uh, and his team is three and zero as well. Um, you could also mention Curry and, and Giannis, some of those same sort of names, but this is something we'll do every week, just kind of a fun thing to hopefully break up the monotony that is the, the year long MVP discussion. It seems like every year by about the third or fourth week, everyone's kind of decided who the MVP is. And then you just talk about that same, same player ad nauseum for the next, uh, three or four months till the season's over. Right. So if we do it for every week, we'll talk about you know, season long awards as well, but our MVP for the week, we can have all sorts of different players we talk about. So that's something we'll do every Monday. Again, that will be a segment that Wyatt and I focus on. So with that, uh, we'll go ahead and go into our closing. Um, again, as we did last time, each day we will end with a uh, fact from this day in history. For today, we have recent history, 2019, uh, October 24th, 2019, Atlanta Hawks forward Vince Carter uh, checked into a game against the Detroit Pistons. And when he did that, he became the only NBA player to play in 22 different seasons. So pretty cool fact from this day in history. Of course, he did play uh, later into that season in uh, into 2020 calendar year. And that also made him the only player to play in four different decades being the 90s 2000s 2010s and 2020s so um yeah and it's just crazy to think that he's already been retired for uh a couple of seasons now uh kind of miss watching him yeah play. yeah that, you know such a long career mm. uh, he's an impressive player anyone with that kind of longevity is you know should be of note and be respected Absolutely. Interested to see if uh, if LeBron holds out to to pass that twenty two uh, season mark. You know, being in his twentieth season, it's uh, it's, very, it's possible. very possible. Yeah. yeah, and I think that you know, well, barring any changes to the um, one and done rules for college and and high school players, uh, that probably would have to be the case to play twenty two seasons. Correct? I mean, because it's his twentieth season right. and his son is. What a senior in school now, junior, something like uh, that. I believe, I believe a senior. Gotcha. No, I can check that real quick. He he's something. He's in school. We know that much. Um, but yeah, so he'll probably have to be somewhere in that same conversation of Vince Carter, uh, and those total seasons played. I believe second on that list is Robert Parrish. Um, anyways, of course, Parrish finishing his career with. Uh, Chicago and Charlotte, I think, were the last couple teams he played for. Um, any did you look that up? Is that what you're yeah? So he he just entered his senior year, okay, last month. So, and I don't think they've made a change to the the rules for prospects, so 
I guess right. LeBron would have to be in his 22nd season to play uh, with Bronny there. So something to keep an eye out for. Not out for voice crack. Um, <laughs> okay, so I think that is um, our big uh, summary of this past uh, several days in the NBA. Again, now that we are hopefully on a more consistent schedule, we won't have to talk about so much of what's happened. We can summarize just a handful of games, get into more uh, long form conversations about different. NBA uh, storylines. We can keep up to date with weekly MVP. We can do some other segments. And uh, I think it's going to be a good time uh, here on the podcast, keeping up to date with the NBA and talking NBA. Uh, Wyatt, final thoughts. Uh, I'm excited for this year. I, I think that, you know, if last year showed us anything, it was that super teams are often in the, often end up toward the end, but they aren't necessarily in the end. You know, we saw the Lakers kind of tank, injury riddled, and just, uh, you know, didn't play that great, honestly, Mm -hmm. throughout the season. And, you know, we might see some more of that this year. We might might have a surprise team that is – that ends up going far in the the playoffs, so – you know, that's what we love about the NBA. It's never as clear as you might expect it to be what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. There's always, you know, new storylines every week, every game even. And there's always something new to talk about. Um, and like you said, that, you know, seeing what, what happens in the end, which teams that look good on paper actually are good and which teams kind of surprise you, you know, so. So definitely great to, to watch for as we go forward. Uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close off. I think, let me check our time here. Okay, close to an hour. So not as far off time as last time. Still about 15 minutes over, but we're getting there. We're dialing it in. Yes. <laughs> we're figuring out how to, how to make it work with the time. But uh, again, I've been Karsten here with uh, Monday's co-host, Wyatt. Uh, we thank you for listening, and we will – Catch you next time. Next time on Tuesday, uh, we're still figuring out who the co-host will be for that day, but we will focus a little bit more on the award chases we talked about. See who's early in the conversation for not just MVP, but Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and a lot of the other awards in the NBA. So with that, we will leave you until next time. Thanks for listening.